listening to the Lone Star Plate Podcast with your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Hi, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Lone Star Play Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. You just heard our man, Bob Schneider, giving a wonderful uh, introduction. So thank you to Bob. Um, yes, he decided to do that is Bob's voice on the new intro you hear on the Lone Star Plate. Um, famed musician, legendary Bob Schneider. I went over his house and um, he put that all together literally in five minutes. We did that in five minutes. It was unbelievable. Uh, he's a master. And for him, it was nothing. Right. And for me, it was everything. So thank you to Bob. Please go check out his music, his touring, everything. He's got a new graphic novel coming out um, and we're going to have him on to talk about that. It's going to be out in a couple months. So um, and we'll talk more about that. But anyway, hope you enjoy our new music, our new intro. Very excited. And um, yeah, thank you to Bob. All right, let's jump into this episode, y'all. We have a very special one. Um, we are going to be talking to Kurt Mueller. He is a lawyer out of Austin who has, uh, he has a YouTube channel called Uncivil Law. And he has recently just sort of blown up um, doing a stream, joining a stream um, on a channel called Legal Bites uh, on YouTube that has been streaming the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, Amber Heard is from Austin, right? So, and Kurt's in Austin. And so, yeah, that's the Texas uh, connection. And so we thought we'd talk about the trial that's just everywhere, right? Everybody's talking about it. Um, so yeah, we go over the trial and um, please check out his streams that he has online. We'll put links in the description um, to check out uh, Uncivil Law and Legal Bites uh, where he'll be commenting on this trial further. So we get a, just a nice one-on-one -on -one with Kurt um, and get his uh, thoughts and opinions about the case, what's going to come next, and what has happened so far, right? Um, great interview. This was awesome. Really enjoyed this, and hopefully we can get Kurt back on at the very end of the trial and talk about, you know, how it ended. Um, so we're halfway through the trial, and uh, this will catch you up on everything that's happening with this trial. So before we get to the interview with Kurt, real quick, please check out our social media. Go to Lone Star Plate. Uh, you'll find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Uh, you know, we minimalize, minimalize the usage. Is that the right term? Uh, saying uh, we're not pros at social media. One, because I handle it and I just, uh, you know, we're, we're getting better at it. We're trying. Uh, but please follow us on there for just extra details really about the podcast and things like that. So, um, and real quick, like to present a reheat uh, segment we call reheat. All that is, is just, I'm going to tell you about a past episode that we've done um, that you should check out. You know, so listen, we've done over 200 episodes and uh, there's a lot of uh, back catalog of great interviews uh, to go through. So one in particular we're going to highlight is uh, Melissa Lucio. That's been in the news recently. And we just did an updated episode last week um, about that. So check that out. But really the, the one I want to point out is um, an exclusive interview we had with the Melissa Lucio family uh, that came here to the studio and with director Sabrina Von Tassel. So um, we'll put a link in the description for that interview as well. Please check that out. Um, it's very important. Um, there's two of them. So there's a 30-minute version and then the full two-hour extended version, right? The, the basically uncut. So whichever one you want to watch. Um, I recommend the two-hour. It has everything. That way you get all the context. Um, and just as a note, we don't know yet for sure, but you know, A&E um, reached out to us and wants to license some of the footage from that interview. Now, it's not 
for certain yet, but they have a, a series coming out about women on death row and they want to, you know, shine a light on Melissa Lucio in a good way, right? To help her. So we want to be a part of that. So they reached out and asked if they could use a clip and they don't know if they are, but if they do, we'll let you know. Uh, so we're excited about that. It's very cool. Um, so we'll keep you up to date. Anyway, let's get to the interview with Kurt Mueller. Again, his uh, YouTube channel is Uncivil Law. Please subscribe to his channel and uh, give him a listen. He'll be doing, um, again, commentary on the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. So please check him out. Uh, again, it's a wonderful interview. You're going to learn a lot about the case and uh, where we're at. And if you don't know anything about it, this is a good place to start. So, And if you do know about it, this is also a good place to start because we dive into some of the details. So, um, all right, guys. Enjoy. Kurt Mueller on Civil Law, Johnny Depp, Amber Heard trial, commentary. Let's catch you up. Uh, well, look, uh, Kurt, thank you so much again for joining us here on the Lone Star Plate. Um, I've been watching you personally. I know a lot of people have uh, on YouTube. You go by the name Uncivil Law, mm -hmm. um, and you've been streaming this famous <laughs> Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial that has been everywhere the the you know the the testimonies heard around the world here um so before we get into that i want to just talk a little bit about you know texas this is texas podcast so you're based there in austin uh mm -hmm. correct yes um how long have you been in in austin so i moved here uh february 2020 which was a bad time to move to see austin <laughs> because ask me what happened march 2020 right yeah but, yeah uh, exactly yeah i before that i lived uh for a long time in Northern Virginia. In fact, I lived in Fairfax County where the uh, case for Johnny Depp is actually being heard. So that was where I used to live. Wow. And I, I moved here because I wanted to change the scenery and uh, I've been enjoying it so far. That's awesome. So did you have any friends or anything nope. in Austin? Wow. Nope. Just kind of blind move, man. No friends, no family. It's like, you know, let's give this a shot. Why not? I love it. So I know that Right, you moved there right when the pandemic started. Have you had a chance to get out and do anything and see the city? Yeah, it's just to, to increasing degrees in the last couple of months. I, I used to live downtown and I used to walk on Sixth Street a lot, and yeah. it was boring. <laughs> Everything was bored <laughs> up and depressing, and no one would be there and stuff. And so I, I've been starting to been been able to get out as things have been becoming more and more open, and uh, I have been able to enjoy the city more and more. So. You know, the city's been good to me so far. I've been enjoying it. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's good to hear. Um, yeah, I'm up in Dallas, but I was in Austin for seven years. I moved here last February uh, mm -hmm. myself. Um, yeah, my, my Austin, understanding of the lockdowns in Dallas was less extreme than in Austin. Yeah, I would say uh, quite <laughs> like 180, to be honest with you. Uh, but yeah. I'm used to that. I'm a Texan. Like, I'm from here. I know that that's the like, it's not a surprise to me to come up to Dallas and people are like, COVID, what? Nobody. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> maybe, maybe I should have moved to Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Austin was very, very, di you know, it's just a different city. I love Austin. Don't get me wrong. Mm. I, I ran my food there. I was on Rainy Street. I had a food truck on Rainy Street for many years. You know, that that's my love there uh, for sure downtown, uh, even on 6th Street where you were trying to go uh, hang out. So anyway, um, look, let's, um, I want to talk a little bit about this movement that's called, am I saying this right? Law Tube? Is that this new? I don't thing? know if we go so far as to call it a movement. It's a loose affiliation <laughs> of people on the same subject, but yes. Listen, there's some people are going to be calling it a movement. I promise you. Uh, it seems like a movement that just all of a sudden, just so much of um, maybe it's my algorithms on my YouTube. I don't know. It just seems like a lot of it. Uh, granted, I've been watching a lot of it, so I guess it just pushes 
uh, what you want. But but yeah, basically, what what is this? It's just lawyers on YouTube who are commenting on popular cases. Is that the best way to do it? Well, exactly so. And we all have different subject matter that we're interested in. So we don't necessarily cover the same cases and not necessarily things that are necessarily popular. I like to cover a lot of Supreme Court cases, for example, not all of which are notable, some of which are notable, but not all of which people would have um, common understanding of. But I really love that legal discussion. That's where I kind of like to live is in, is in the law. Trial, trials are interesting, but it's not my primary interest because trials are all about determining what the facts are, right? You have a whole bunch of people trying to testify and a jury has to determine what the facts are. So it's a factual seeking exercise. I prefer more of appellate law because all those pesky, pesky facts and pesky, pesky people are no longer a problem, right? People, what people? I just get to talk about law. I get to like talk about what I like to talk about, just the legal issues. So that's where more of I like to live. But you know, you can't uh, resist talking about something with such popularity as the Johnny Depp trial. Even if sometimes you have to give analysis that is against necessarily what people want to hear, which I've had that problem, but trying to give my best analytical analysis, because that's all I know, really know how to do. No, you're doing a great job, man. I mean, Thank look, you. not everyone's going to agree with everything, right? I mean, people hate, I, I don't know, name like the nicest person, Tom Hanks. There are people that think Tom, right? I mean, you can't win with everybody. Yeah. Um, I've right? long so. since remembered that. You can't please everyone all the time. No, no, not at all. And, you know, the longer you live in Texas, that's a, that's a staple here, man. If you're a Texan, it's just like, I, I don't really care what you have to say. Like, I'm doing my thing. This is what I'm doing. Uh, so, yes. And and look, I actually, to be honest with you, I have appreciated your commentary a lot because it actually, I don't want to say flies against what the other what other, you know, lawyers might be saying or commenting mm -hmm. on. But it kind of just it's just a different you have a different outlook or a different take or a different angle on it that I actually appreciate. And yes, maybe it doesn't completely go with what everyone else is saying, but that's kind of the whole point uh, to offer these, uh, right. These, these different opinions. So, um, yeah. Con yeah, contrary to rumor, uh, lawyers are in fact people and like, <laughs> like people in general, they have different interests and different ways yeah. of thinking and different ways of seeing the world. And so it's interesting when you get, you know, a bunch of lawyers, together and you can see these different personalities and how they resonate with people or not. Sure. And that's one of the nice things as this medium grows of lawyers on YouTube, which really has only been going on for what, maybe five years or something like that, maybe a little bit longer, six years. Um, okay. Since like wow. the first people were on this thing. Yeah. And, you know, even when I got started getting involved, it was, it was very low in terms of it. So we've seen growth in this field as the field itself is developing, which has been really encouraging and wonderful to see because again, one of the things I really like to talk about is I like to really nerd out hard on legal issues. And it's a little bit difficult to go into a bar and be like, hey, you know what I'd like to talk about? <laughs> I'd like to talk about this minority decision <laughs> in this case, you know? It's like, well, what is Justice Breyer thinking, man? Not really great for conversation. And you may or may not be surprised by this, but even like in lawyer associations, most lawyers necessarily aren't like that. You know, some lawyers, it's it's even hard to get a conversation going about these abstract topics. You know, they're usually, usually when you have lawyer meetings, it's about specific things. And sure. so they like to talk about those specific things and the other things. So I find it difficult to find people to 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 have the same geeked out interest I do. So one of the nice things about LawTube is now suddenly... 
I have a collection of people who are happy to talk about the things I've talked about. So it's That's great. Awesome. That's awesome. No, I get it. Uh, you know, I worked again in the food industry chef for a long time, like sort of the same sort of thing. Chefs can be the same way. Like some chefs really like to dig into, you know, whatever, uh, the molecular, the science part of it, right. Mm -hmm. Really like talk, you know, shop, if you will. And other chefs like, yeah, you know, whatever I'm doing this over here. I get it. I, I totally understand, uh, where you're at with that. That's cool, man. And that's what uh, the internet's for, right? To bring people together like that. The internet sure. can do good things sometimes, surprisingly. It can do good things. Right? Like, I know that's And in, uh, in many ways, surprise. I feel like we are doing some good in the world because you have a bunch of professionals who are knowledgeable in the subject, who yeah. are able to talk about it in a very sort of long-form way. I mean, I don't know how much long, more long-form you can get when you are talking about some like 12 hour days and people in these panel discussions that are going on sometimes for weeks at a time. Yes. And you have a bunch of people analyzing it, dissecting it from every possible point of view. It's something that the mainstream media just literally does not have time for. They don't have the time. You know, right. it, like if you think about even like any, any new show you want, it's like you have two minutes, three minutes tops and you're done. It's like, yeah. so what can you squeeze out? And I feel for the professionals who are on these things, because it's like, I have so many things to talk about and I have like one minute, two minutes to talk about it. And I can't even begin to talk Absolutely. about it in any depth because like, you know, Absolutely. I have to move on to the next thing. So I, I feel the frustration. So I, I really do like the fact that we can get together and just really you go through it and that we provide a outlet for people who are really interested in that, which seems to be surprisingly a lot of people. So Absolutely. that's really nice. Yes. I'm, I've kind of been surprised myself of how involved people want to get into the law aspect of it, mm -hmm. not just the drama aspect of it. Right. Cause I'm sure at the beginning, if y'all are doing this, you're not sure where, why people are watching. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but as you start to see the comments come in, the super chats, the feedback, you see, Oh, actually people are very interested in this legal aspect to it mm -hmm. and how it affects, you know, the case. And yes, I think that hunger for learning and then y'all providing it is just a great no pun intended here, but a great recipe, right? Like, yeah. uh, together. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I, you know, I, one of the things I think about sometimes is like, even if I were a professor at a law school, I couldn't teach this many people, you know, oh, I'd, yeah. be, I'd be having a class of 30 people and I'd be doing that, you know, twice a year. And like, so in my career, I'd be talking to a thousand people maybe. And now I'm talking to tens of thousands of people who are interested in it and we can have discussions about it and it's it's somehow and also i get to do exactly what i want to do yes. without anyone looking over my shoulder so i don't have a dean or something which you know not to say i can't work within that system but the total liberation and the total freedom to just do whatever i want is wonderful absolutely and and i and to some degree that means i have to also find and discover my own style because sure. I've, you know, if you go watch some of my earlier stuff, you know, my, my presentation has changed. And I think a lot for the better as I learn how to be a good teacher, as I, as I learn by doing. And yeah. I think, you know, it's been going reasonably well. And I still am experimenting with how to do that. And it's been very rewarding. Absolutely, man. And, you know, that's a journey, right, unto itself, um, which people are happy to go along with. I think mm -hmm. the, as, as a viewer, right, you're a viewer as well. It's not just a creator now. Um, all you're looking for is something endearing, right, something um, genuine and honest mm -hmm. and truthful. It's pretty simple. 
And that's pretty easy to do uh, if you don't force it. Um, I think that's why a lot of people have responded to you. Just very genuine, man. Very genuine, likable. Um, give an honest, truthful uh, opinion and commentary. There's nothing behind it. There's no like whatever motives or anything. It just seems very real. And I think that's what people uh, respond to. And you're knowledgeable, right, about yeah. it at the same time. That's a I mean, my, my only real motive, as it were, is to try to find content that people resonate with. Because sure. the law, I imagine, like many subjects, this is not really a new, unique problem. I imagine the same is true in culinary arts. It's like once you start getting into it, you're like, oh, wait a second. There's basically infinite amount of information here. It's like you can yes. you can get within a field and you're like, oh, we're talking about a narrow field. We're only talking about the culinary arts. And then you're like, oh, wait a second. We're talking about the culinary arts and it's infinite. And the yeah. same problem with law. Like, it's like, oh, we're only talking about law. And you're like, oh, wait a second. We're talking about <laughs> law. It's all, it's infinite. So the my only real motivation is to try to find content that people resonate with because I can talk about a lot of different kinds of law and a lot of different fields of law because I find it all kind of fascinating. Sure. And so if I can find synergy between what I'm interested in and my audience, I'm happy to find things that my audience likes because I want to give them legal content that will help them in some way in either informing them or providing them perspective or whatever it is. So trying to find out what that is and trying to find out what the market wants in some sense is been an ongoing challenge and something I work with. But, you know, I think I've reached some success, so I'm doing something right. Oh, absolutely. Of course. Yes, yes, of course. Um, yeah. I mean, 100%. No, you're crushing it, Carl. What are yeah. we talking about here? I'm talking about you crushing it. Um, well, look, let's um, let's jump into a little bit of this case. Um, sure. I'm curious, um, you know, I guess my thing would be where to start would just be like, what are your overall thoughts on each of both sides? So like Johnny Depp's team and Amber Heard's team, and then we'll go over like the overall uh, of the case there. I got some more questions, of course. But yeah, let's start with Johnny Depp's team. Sure, of course. So as I was saying, I, I'm a very analytical guy. So I look at this from a very analytical perspective. So I just kind of take everything that's being said at face value and everything that's being presented at face value and then kind of go from there. So for example, like with Amber Heard, there are a lot of people who think that, you know, she's deceiving because of the way she's behaving and the way she's acting and stuff like that, which, you know, fair enough. If that's the way you think, I understand that, but it's not really the way I think, you know, I don't really think about those kind of things. And so like, I'm like, Hmm, okay, I'll take everything you say at face value. Then the problem is, okay, now I have to square everything you're saying at face value with everything else I'm hearing, which I'm also taking at face value. So, right. So now it becomes just a weighing of the evidence. It's like, okay, I've got a whole bunch of information. I'm all taking this information all at face value. And now I have to kind of make the information work with each other, right? I have to try to com combine all the information into one nice pool that will work. And I can't do that with all the information because some of the information is contradictory, right? So I can't make all the evidence square. So then it becomes, okay, well, where's the overwhelming, where's the weight of the evidence? What is the, what is the balance of the evidence for me? And so, for example, I look at like Amber Heard's testimony and I don't really think about like, you know, the words she's saying as such or think about how she's acting or not or how she's presenting or her different views or stuff. There are a lot of people who notice those kinds of things. I'm just like, what you're saying isn't squaring with what I can see. There's, there's photos. And I, we got a lot of this from Johnny Depp's side already, right? And the, the thing is like, both these people are famous and surrounded by people constantly. Yeah. He has staff. 
she has staff, right? So this isn't like an ordinary domestic violence case even because there's all people around them all the time. They're always flying here and there. They're always in the public eye. There's always the paparazzi. There's always this, there's always that, right? So it shouldn't be like, you know, as behind the scenes as some of these cases might be able to be. It should be a fair amount of evidence. And you hear from people like the butler, you hear from people like the police officers, you hear from people like the security staff who are there. And you look at the photos that are available and I'm like, okay, well, you know, I can't really square this with the story Amber Heard's telling because she's not telling a story of, you know, I was slapped. She's telling a story of, I was thrashed. I was put, put on a table, Johnny Depp against me and wailing on me with a broken nose. And the very next day, she's on the one of the TV shows, talk shows. And yeah. I'm not seeing a lot of broken nose there. And, you know, I'm not seeing the kind of evidence that would lead to those conclusions. She's like, oh, I'm walking on glass. I'm like, where's the bloody footprints? <laughs> Where, where's this? Where's that? Right. So it becomes increasingly, um, increasingly the problem of uh, cognitive dissonance. Sure. And like, I can't, I can't continue to make this work. So something has to give. So my assessment is based on the weight of things. Now, that being said, as to how the attorneys are doing, I think they're doing reasonably fine. I think the criticism of Amber Heard's lawyers is somewhat misplaced. Uh, I, I, their style is different than Johnny Depp's style. They have a much more aggressive style than Johnny Depp's style. That can work. That can be appropriate. Whether it's appropriate in this case, maybe is a debatable question, but that can be a workable style. And every lawyer is ultimately stuck with the facts they have to work with. So sure. the, more, the more I have to work with as an attorney, the better my presentation is going to be. The less I have to work with, the harder it's going to be because I have yeah. fewer things to work with. So I, I, I think the criticism is, is misplaced because I, I think that they have been professional and I disagree with some of their tactical decisions because it's not necessarily in my style. But I don't think they're incompetent. I, I think the problem is just simply they don't have a whole bunch to work with. They're, they're slightly better on the pure law. So they, can, they, they might be able to win on a pure legal argument, which sometimes happens. Sometimes sure. the law is better for one side and the facts are better for the other side. And this is kind of true. The facts are really good for Johnny Depp. There are some technical legal wins for, for Amber Heard's side. Whether or not those will win at the end of the day, I don't know, but there, there's possibilities. And so I, I think they've been steering into that some degree. It's one of those, like the, the argument that uh, they're trying to make that uh, abuse can be any kind. Mm -hmm. Is that sort of a big argument of theirs? I, 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 I heard them trying to do that in the motion to dismiss, right? Give mm -hmm. that sort of argument. Like Johnny's described abuse as verbal as well. Mm -hmm. So sure it's did. open, right? It's open this door further, right? To what can be what? And is that sort of what you mean? Like that legal, you know, technicality, if you will, over the yeah, facts? Because, the, 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 because we're not technically in a domestic violence case. Right, it's technically, a civil we're case. in a defamation case. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so, if we were in a domestic violence case, in like a criminal sense, yeah, we'd be being provided definitions of what the statute says. Like, what is domestic violence? If got it's a it. crime, no problem. Like, I got definitions in books that tell me exactly what that is. Right. So, great. Let's go find that or not. The problem is in a defamation case. Like, one of the elements is the truth of the question the truth of the statement, but like what something like domestic abuse means, and even something like what sexual violence means is a question for the jury. They're not going to be provided definitions of that. They're going to say, here's the statement. Was it false or not? 
And so they have to construe what those statements mean. What is domestic abuse? What is sexual violence? What can that include? What doesn't that include? And so there, one of the things John, I apologize, Amber Heard's lawyers have been doing to some success is stretching open the definitions of these things to encompass more things. Now, right. Amber Heard, unfortunately, did wonders works in undoing a lot of that. She, she kind of sabotaged her own case because she isn't like going along with that. She's basically saying, no, it's this, it's this thing now. It's not just he was verbally mean to me. He was not, he was, he was cruel to me. It's now this extreme physical violence. So they have a tough time making the pure legal argument, but it's still technically possible. And, you know, to the extent, I mean, if you, the question might be like, what is domestic abuse? And one of the things I think about sometimes when I'm asking questions like that is like, let's presuppose you have a marriage that's been 20 years. Let's presuppose that one time there was an act of some physical violence. Does that necessarily mean that that's domestic abuse? How would how would an ordinary person understand to mean that term? And like, I'm not taking a position on that either way. I'm just asking the question to make people sure. think. Like, sure. what does that mean? Is is one time where someone hit someone else, if it was truly one time in 20 years, does that qualify as domestic abuse? Maybe you think it does. Maybe you don't think it does. But these are the kinds of questions the jury has to decide. And I'm not necessarily saying this is the situation. I'm using it as an example sure. to show how this, the terms can be stretched and thought of about what these terms can mean and not. So, I mean, on a strictly technical level, right, as long as Amber Heard can show one instance of sexual violence or one instance of domestic abuse, sexual violence is the harder one, but so far they haven't been really tied to the title. So right at this particular moment, they don't have to show sexual violence because they have not been tied to the title of the article. Maybe that's to come. So at this precise moment, all they have to show is one instance of domestic abuse. And wow. depending on how you understand that term, yes, there I you see. could potentially reach the conclusion sure. that there's evidence to support that there was at least one instance of domestic abuse by Johnny Depp, because there's testimony that could potentially support those conclusions. Of course, it isn't required because, again, it's up to the jury to decide what those terms can mean. But, like, is it possible for a jury to understand the term so broadly and from even from Johnny Depp's own mouth and from the tapes we've heard for them to potentially conclude that that qualifies in a technical sense as domestic, as domestic abuse? I'm like, yes, there is a technical way for the jury to get there. So, you know, what what the jury will think is open to interpretation if they get Absolutely. if they get tied to the title of sexual violence which hasn't happened yet then they have a much more constrained problem because i don't think sexual violence is open to the same kind of boundary stretching as domestic abuse might be so i see what you're saying that's still yet to come if they if they get tied to the title then they have much harder problems because now they have to prove an instance of sexual violence correct which doesn't really feel well established at this point Absolutely. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, sort of a he said, she said at that point. Um, yeah. So just to lay this out, I should have done this at the beginning a little bit. So, so I'm Johnny sorry Depp. My answers, by the way, are way too long. No, no. Are you kidding me? I'm, I'm, I'm taking all this in, man. And I, everyone that's going to listen to this is, is same thing. No, no. You talk. Trust me. That's what we want. But nobody wants to hear from me. Okay. Um, <laughs> so look, um, I should, again, I should have laid this out at the beginning. But so Johnny Depp is suing Amber Heard for $50 million over an op-ed she wrote in the Washington Post accusing, not naming him, but accusing an ex-husband 
of domestic abuse, um, right, to some, to some extent. And Johnny Depp is saying that specific op-ed that you wrote affected my career and future earnings and cost me to lose all this money. Um, and right. then Amber Heard is countersuing for a hundred million just because you got sued you can counter sue automatically right so she's just like well i'm gonna no, i mean you have to find a cause of action she's oh okay saying, she's she's saying that there was a particular instance of of abuse that johnny depp says didn't happen that would be a false statement of fact so she's suing over a particular instance i believe ah. it's the one that the cops have already testified to i believe is the incident in question oh, which is okay. why we got testimony from the cops about specifically that time got it so she's she's alleging that he is saying that's false and that hurts her reputation. Yeah, got you can't it. just counter sue for the hell of it. You still got to find a cause of action. I didn't know that. Honestly, I don't know anything about suing or that's I've never sued funny. anybody. Uh, yeah, I just thought, oh, well, you get sued. You can just counter sue. No. You can just, well, I'm going to hit you back too, no, pal. No. <laughs> no, you got to uh, right? find a reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. I didn't know that was her reason. Um, to yeah. me, that's new. That For me, that's new information. Okay. Um, okay, and what she has to prove, you know, yeah. So, okay. Um, yeah, that that God, that's so interesting. So so now we're halfway through the case, right? Mm -hmm. There's a break right now, um, mm -hmm. and at this point, Amber Heard's testimony is finished, and now she will be no, cross-examined. No, no. We got more to go. She's going oh, to be okay. on the stand on Monday for sure. I think she's going to be on the stand all day Monday. Is my prediction. Will that be all cross-examination? There will be, but I don't think it's going to happen until Tuesday. Wow, even more. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I think she's. I think she's on direct. I think she's on direct Still. examination through all day Monday wow. and some of Tuesday. And then we go into cross. So she'll be on the stand probably for another four days if I had to take a reasonable prediction. Wow. Is that a long time? Is that tip is that typical or it's not unheard of. It's okay. not unheard of for no like pun a intended. witness. Yeah. yeah it's um, you know, no pun intended. Yeah. 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 She's a she's a principal witness and she has a lot of things to go through. So to to four days for direct cross redirect. That seems plot. That seems very reasonable. And there's a, you know, we're talking a lot of money on the line here. So yeah. a few days, like that would be my position. Yeah. Hey, hey, we're talking about a lot of money here. One of the reasons yeah. I really like this judge in particular, though, is that she set out these hard time limits, which is atypical in court. It's possible, but it usually doesn't happen. But I kind of love it. She's what do you like, mean? You have so she's. I think the number is sixty-one hours. I believe is what they started with. So each side started with sixty-one hours. And you get 61 hours. You get to choose how you want to spend it. It's up to oh, you. So okay. how long do you want to keep? Every time you're talking, it's time off your clock, like a chess clock. Oh, so if it's your opening, okay. if it's you on direct, if it's you on cross, if it's you on close, whatever. If you're talking, it's your time. Oh, I didn't and know that. And she's, yeah, I mean, it's atypical. It's not normally a thing in trials. So wow. you shouldn't know it. You shouldn't know it. Uh, but it's a thing here. And wow. so she's, and she's made it very clear. If you're out of time, you're out of time. She even said it at the end of the day Friday. It's like, if you're a mid-witness and you run out of time, you're done. <laughs> End of like, discussion. But, but, Your Honor, we have the smoking gun. No, I'm sorry. That's, I'm that's, sorry. No, that's, yeah. that's really unfortunate. So sad. Yeah. Tell someone who cares it's not me. <laughs> I love wow, this judge okay. for this, though. And, she's, and I love cool. her timeliness because she's bang on time every time. She wow. starts court on time. She ends court on time, like to the minute, basically. She takes her breaks always on time. Yeah. So she is a stickler for the clock. That's and it, cool. And it, it goes to a place in my heart that I appreciate. And I, cool. I do love the prospect of like one of the sides running out of time. It's like you don't even get a closing argument now. That would be crazy. That is, totally. that is not my problem. <laughs> Absolutely. That sounds... <laughs> 
like that's probably going to happen, right? It's going to happen. It might. Someone, it might. someone could get I, I interrupted. Mean, I think they still have like 23 hours and change left. They're pretty close. Oh, Actually, okay. the defense, the defense, Amber Heard has slightly less time than Johnny Depp already. Johnny's like, let me play. Players. I'll just play a couple tunes real quick right just we'll knock out yeah, some time yeah, here guys yeah. we'll do a set she, uh, the judge is a former marine so i, I do love her uh, discipline oh really oh i didn't yeah. know that yeah. um i i've liked her too uh she's she's stayed out of it in my in my opinion yeah. in the sense of she's just doing her job she's yeah, not giving I, I any the side uh, there's, there's yeah, some criticism fair. of the judge uh in fairness um really there yeah i mean i've definitely heard it from the chats that i've been in oh wow uh, I, I do disagree with her in terms of some of her legal interpretations about what particular things mean. Like sure. I would interpret concepts like foundation and hearsay differently than her. That being the case, however, she's applied them consistently, which is really what you want. In her own definition. Okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. It's I, not I like see, her definitions are outrageous. Sure. It's not but like that's I typical she, though, right? To have yeah, different there's, there's some yeah. there's some there's some there's some, there's some leeway even within the rules about particularly what they mean there's 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 always kind of the, the end of the day some room for interpretation that's what the lawyers are for right yeah, for absolutely right yeah absolutely getting so creative like, well i disagree with her i don't think she's being legally improper and i think she's being fair in our definitions to both sides so well there you go you know, fair. You know there you go yeah yeah, yeah. What, what more do you want um yeah. i can't imagine being criticized all over the world right all over the internet for everything you're doing right like even for the lawyers right i feel bad Honestly, like for both sides, like as a lawyer, people are criticized. It's like, dude, any any lawyer that would be in that position is going to make some mistakes. You're going to be looked at, sure. right? Like it's it's just going to happen. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, that's got to be tough um, um, to have it publicized like this. I know Amber Heard's I'm team fought sure against it, right? Care. She doesn't care. Yeah, for she seems I, I actually really doubt cool. She's looking at the media and she cares. That's great. That's what you want, right? That's exactly that's exactly so. yeah. That's exactly what you want. I, he's not paid to care. In fact, she's paid, she's paid specifically to not care. To not she's care. To yeah. Partial. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, what? Why do you think Amber Heard's team um, didn't want the cameras in, and why do you think Johnny Depp's team fought to have them in? Well, I I think in in hindsight at this point it's obvious. I I think without the cameras in the courtroom, the narrative is much much easier to control. They yeah, didn't absolutely. have cameras in the UK. If they didn't have cameras here, all you'd have is secondhand reporting. And the reporting that we see is pretty garbage because the reporters tend to not understand legal issues. And so, sure. you know, when I read stuff about my field, it makes me sad. And <laughs> I, I think that's the issue because now everyone is in a position where they get to see all the things themselves. And so they're in a position where they know as much as the jury knows, sometimes more, which also somewhat can corrupt their views because one of the things that I think people in assessing it should try to do is remember what's in court and what's not because there's evidence that will not be in this trial for a whole bunch of technical reasons and also practical reasons because of the clock. So the, ju the jury may or may not come to the same assessment as people, but I, when they're trying to make those decisions, I hope they'll try to remember what the jury knows which ideally is only what's presented in court. Correct. So, um, and they're not seeing all those little things that people yeah. on TV can see, right? Like, yeah, I yeah. mean, so I think they didn't want it in on camera because now we're all in a position to see for the first time. And I hadn't been following the case in the UK. I hadn't been following the case in the run-up. So I didn't really know anything about the, the case starting out. Yeah. I came in pretty, 
pretty yeah, me neither pretty no blank slate yeah and i'm judging things based on what i can see and reaching the assessments based on what i can see and now everyone's in a position to do that for themselves and it, it you know it seems to me that amber heard's case is technically possible but weak like you know if i if i was a juror at this point get based on what is presented so far and i want to make that 100 sure. clear because there could be information that would change my mind but sure. based on what i see so far i i'm giving a win for johnny depp like as a juror i these these hyper technical arguments as a juror where i'm the finder of fact like no there's just no evidence right? arguments as an appellate judge i'm all about because that's about sure. law but as sure. a juror i'm not doing law i'm doing fact correct and so as a juror hypothetical juror i'm giving at this least at this point the presumptive win to Johnny Depp, which may or may not change in the future. Do you think jurors like at the very beginning sort of set up in their mind who is going to win? And then as the trial goes, they take that away and start handing it over? Or do they just keep impartial till till the very last second and then make the decision? Does that does it do you understand do you understand what, sure. what I'm asking? Sure. So I think I think the jurors are of course people too. And so the way they assess things will be as diverse as people are diverse in terms of how they But there's no things. law in how you have to do it as a jury. Well, I mean, technically speaking, as a matter of law, you're supposed to keep a complete, completely neutral mind until deliberation. But there's no juror on the face of this earth that's impossible. who's doing that. Yeah, there's that's no impossible. juror on the face of this earth who isn't already keeping score in their mind. Exactly. I, I didn't really score. like the openings very much because yeah. I thought they were not very great in terms of presenting an overall narrative. Cause it went on too long and too much stuff. So like if the opening, if you know, you can, you can win in an opening. If you have a really good narrative, that's really, really strong. And then you can back that up. Right. People might be like, Oh, that sounds really good. So, Correct. and I think people begin to assess cases. So for what, for any given juror, when that happens or when it doesn't happen or the degree to which they're assessing or not, maybe they're assessing at every given moment. I, I think it's quite possible for jurors to make up their mind relatively easy, early, apologize, relatively early in the case. And it, you, you'll be hard pressed to get them off that position. Exactly. Because this is just yeah. how human beings think. Yeah, Jurors absolutely. are human beings. It's a trial by jury. It's the worst system we have, except for all the others. <laughs> it's what, <laughs> it's, it's what we got. So, That's funny. Yeah. you know, yeah. So I, 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 you know, I can speak to myself and how I would think about it. But I don't in any sense think that my way of thinking is necessarily typical or common. Sure. But, you know, I'm just me. But, you yeah. know, we've had, you've had multiple different lawyers on the panel. Yeah. You know, we've had seven lawyers on the panel. We've had 10 lawyers at the panel. And even the professionals, you can see areas where we have some disagreement, areas where we're divergent. And it so, should be that way. Honestly, if y'all all agreed on everything, that would yeah. worry me. If yeah. I'm being honest, that would worry me as a viewer. I'd be like, they're not being honest. That's what I would think. Someone's right. not being honest here. Yeah. Um, you know, and and yeah, I want to hear differing opinions. I want to hear, no, I don't see it that way. I see it this way. I, I actually that's exactly what I want to hear. If everyone's just saying the same thing, what's the point? Just have one person then at yeah. that point, right? Like, uh, no, again, and that's why I appreciate um a lot of your per your personal commentary. Um uh, for sure. Again, it's just seeing what's in front of you, not making the emotional commentary because that's what the viewers are doing. We, mm -hmm. we don't want, right? Like that's not what we want from, from the people we're watching. We, we want the technical, the legal, uh, filter 
that it, that it can go through that we we don't have uh, to do, right? Because we're just looking at emotions. We're looking at faces. We're looking at, oh, look at that look he just gave. Oh, she's guilty. That's how we do it, right? That's how we're um, judging uh, the case. Uh, for me, this is how stupid I am, okay? And mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are as dumb as me. The moment I saw Amber Heard from when she finished her testimony on the last day before the break, I think it was the last day, and she got off, and Johnny Depp, I guess, was leaving too, and it's a big moment on TikTok, and the cops stepped in, right? And yeah. Amber Heard did this, like, step back, like, <gasps> and she gasped yeah. even, like, oh, my God, he's coming. When I saw that, I thought— I, I don't know what that's all about. I said, man, that woman is acting. Oh, my God. If I've ever seen someone so dramatically, yeah. like— overdoing like please he isn't coming after you what are you talk what are you doing here that was a big moment for me yeah. uh, but again that's how i judge things right well, uh, this is this is interesting because like again for me personally i have a more difficult time reaching those kinds of conclusions of course um of course. I, I i mean it maybe it's a, maybe it's a weakness of mine i'm prepared to accept like every no human i being. think it's a strength of yours actually I'm, if i'm, I'm being honest to accept <laughs> that i'm a human being like every human being and like every sure. human being i have my strengths and my flaws and one of my flaws might be i have a difficult time reading her i have a difficult time looking at that and coming to the same conclusion that you kind of came to and sort of the same assessment it doesn't really resonate with me maybe that's sure. a flaw of mine that being uh, said i mean other members of the loose affiliation that is LawTube also feel that way and also will react that way. And you've heard that from other people. And people are people. And I don't necessarily think it's necessarily an invalid way of thinking because, again, we're, we're people. Maybe me less so because maybe I'm more robotic. I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, people do have emotions. And sure. I don't think it's necessarily wrong for people to say, well, that doesn't necessarily emotionally resonate with me. And Correct. That seems, this seems artificial to me. That's what so it is. So I'm not necessarily casting aspersions at people who think that way. Sure. I'm just saying that for better or worse, it's not me. Here's how I think about the problem. You know, I I see the things that she's doing on the stand in terms of her, you know, acting. It just doesn't resonate with me. So for me, it's like, okay, well, instead of that, I'll just take everything you say at face value. And now I have to assess that against everything else I assess at face value put it into the pot and sift through it in some kind of analytical way. That's my method of thinking for better or worse. So this is what, how I'm doing it. No. And I think that's what we want to be honest. Again, well, we're then all great. Then I'm your guy. Cause I'm the most, I'm the, you're I'm crushing it. the most that on any, YouTube. <laughs> I don't think anyone would dispute that proposition. I'm the most that. So if you want the analytical man, uh, you're hardcore analytical. I'm, I'm, I'm your guy. That's what I want because I'm emotional. So I don't mm -hmm. want an emotional, right? That, that, cause I can give that myself. That's what I'm feeling. I, I really want to hear because at the end of the day, when you stop and think about it and you let the emotions go, those things you're saying make sense. Okay. That is the best way kind of to approach it is to look at her, her, you know, what she's saying and go, you know what? Okay. I'm going to take everything you're saying at face value. I'm not going to even try to assume whether you're lying or not. I'm just going to assume everything you're saying is true. Now let's look at the facts that can reflect, you know, this, the evidence to reflect this. And again, honestly, that is the, the best approach to take. But those of us watching who are normal, right? We're just like, ah, oh, no, she's lying because we use our own life experiences of people and, and stories we've heard people tell. And we go, well, mm -hmm. that doesn't match up with how I've heard people you describe abuse in my life, right? Mm -hmm. Or uh, when they've lied or deception, that's, I've seen the same things in this person, right? Uh, yeah. So that's what I use in my life, you know, in my 
whatever travels and and experience i think okay i'm getting uh deception from her i'm also a podcast host i interview a lot of people i'm used to telling if somebody's sort of telling me the truth about their story or what they're saying to me i'm really good at it I, plus i was in the restaurant industry for a long time you get real good at that stuff and you know people you just know how to read people and that's all i'm using whether or not it's a right a valuable skill or not um your, yours is far more valuable so uh, no, it is thank you for everything is. you do. No, no, thank you for everything you do, man. I mean, I mean that. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you this: what What do you think are the top pieces of evidence for each side that you've seen? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the top. I, I, I don't think Amber Heard has particularly great evidence at this point. I mean, all that she really has is her testimony at this point, and the evidence to the extent it exists seems to contradict her. Uh, we have, we've already heard from her nurse. We heard from that during Johnny Depp's team. Like the evidentiary picture doesn't seem to fit the narrative that she's trying to sell. We heard from the cops. We heard from the butler. We heard from the security team. We heard from his agents, you know, and these people are surrounded by people all the time. Like the, the, the concept that Johnny Depp has bought them all off, that none of them would snap a photo to sell to some tabloid or anyone else in the public would take it. She's appearing on all these talk shows, like maybe it was a day or maybe it was two days after this alleged Australia incident. She's doing ballet and like, uh, you know, with her feet and stuff. And I'm like, uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm not so sure about the ballet. I'm not so sure about going on the TV show with the broken nose, which should be massively swelled and your entire face should be swelled. And I see nothing. I'm like, I know that the uh, Amica cream, as we've decided to call it, <laughs> is magic, but... Yeah. I don't know that they can do that. <laughs> so, no. no, definitely not. Makeup cannot hide a broken nose. I've been on film sets. I've worked on film sets. Yeah. Look, you, 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 there's no way you're hiding a broken nose right. with, with like literally uh, show makeup, TV show makeup. That's not even like movie set makeup. Okay. These people are there to make you look pretty and, you know, mm -hmm. define your, your features you already have. But yes, you cannot hide a. Um, a I don't need any makeup because I'm already pretty. Yes, there you go, Kurt. Look, that, that's that's my uh, that's my approach too, uh, for sure. Yeah, that's funny. Um, wh so, what do you think uh, is so? What's left in this case that's left to come? Um, so, I, I don't know for sure what's left to come. I mean, presumably, the, the best uh, best Amber Heard can do, and because again, I don't know what's available in terms of it, right? So, I haven't been following. I haven't been following the fact pattern, or been following the case really. So, I don't know what she has to work with. So the best possible theoretical thing that she could do is bring in witnesses who observe these things or the aftermath of these things, who can testify to, you know, broke, broken noses and black eyes and, and stuff like that. That would, that would be great. Um, I, that doesn't feel like that's going to happen. I, I, her own sister uh, may not be able to testify in court because she didn't finish her deposition. She walked out on her deposition when and Johnny Depp was doing her, their side of the deposition. So when Amber Heard, because both attorneys get to do a deposition. Yeah. So Amber Heard's lawyers did a deposition and then she walked out saying she was sick and she never finished it. So by, by rule, she shouldn't be allowed to testify. Oh, I, I've wow. heard reporting she's going to testify. So I don't know. Maybe I'm misconstruing the rule or maybe they've sure. agreed to it anyway, which I don't know why, but maybe. And so, uh, but, you know, she may not even be able to have her own sister come in to play and Ooh. also now because of what uh amber heard sound and stand about kate moss it appears this opens the door for kate moss to now come in during rebuttal testimony 
and talk about Johnny Depp and how he didn't do things to her because Amber Heard appears to be talking about things she has purported firsthand knowledge of. And now that's Kate Moss appears was. to be able to rebut that. Now, okay. I don't know whether or not that's true or not, by the way, because sure. I already thought the door was open when the when the psychiatrist testified and the, the judge didn't seem to go for that. So maybe the judge is really construing this rule. Or maybe she thinks, because there is always the uh, emergency button rule, we call it 403, where even though the te testimony is admissible technically, you can say not so much because it's so prejudicial that would overwhelm the jury's minds. Like technically this meets every other rule. But it's an escape button. It's like it would be so bad to inflame the passions of the jury, they wouldn't be able to think straight. So maybe oh. that's the issue, and she's she's hit the, the emergency button on that. So I don't know. But if that's able to come in, that would help Johnny Depp a lot. So I, it would it would help a lot if she has any photos of any variety that even begin to display the kind of damages she's talking about. A little bit of what might be bruising under the eye or also might have been removal of a cyst or maybe a Botox thing, you know, a, a picture of oh, a little bit, a little bit of a split a lip red. yeah, where yeah. she has this little tiny bump of a split lip where it's like, I've gotten worse than that by biting my own lip. Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, this is, this is not selling me uh, a picture of the bottle that was used against her with the blood on it would be nice. Not so much with that so far, you know, so it, her best possible theoretical case is that she has some corroborating witnesses who can say, yeah, I was there and I saw this on her. And yeah, I, I, and also, although it's not in court at this point, and I don't think can come into court again for technical reasons, but I heard the tape in Australia and, you know, the doctor and nurse who was there are not commenting at all about amber hurt they're not saying Correct. like oh geez you're bruised or geez you're bleeding yeah. or geez let's anything. get let's not, take care of you let's get saying, you somewhere they're not saying any of those things yeah yeah so it sort of implies that it you know there's there's not that but again i wouldn't factor that in technically because it's not available as evidence sure. at this time so but that that's the best possible case is that she has corroborating evidence and credible corroborating witnesses um and I, I'm having a tough time with that. And then all that's left for her is the technical win in sort of closing. This is where I'd be going at this point if I'm her counsel. That's really kind of all I have to work with is the technical win. And I'd be like, yeah, technically, this qualifies. You've heard from Johnny Depp. You've heard from his own psychiatrist. You've heard this on the tapes. You've heard that at the tape. So my best my best argument for Amber Heard at this point is a, is a technical win and see if I can sell that to the jury. Amber Heard isn't helping me on that prospect, but yeah that would be that's going to be hard to get it's probably easier to get a technical win from a judge than a jury i would assume i, you know, I would no, think for sure right i mean it just yeah. uh, makes sense right now one thing jury, that amber like, heard has going for her is that in virginia the jury does have to be unanimous in a civil case which is atypical most states do not require unanimous well, verdicts in civil cases and so most most states are like 10 out of 12 or you know whatever number they pick Virginia picked seven. I'm not sure where they got that number. Maybe they picked it out of a hat. I'm not sure. But there are seven people that are going to be on the story. There's 10 at the moment. The rest are alternates. And so at the, at the end of this case, seven people are going to go in the room and they all have to agree. So Virginia is a little bit strange on that proposition. So, you know, kind of like kind of like a criminal case, you know, technically Amber Heard only really needs to convince one of them that there's a technical win. Correct. So it's like I only need to technically convince one juror that there's a technical 
win, yep. and I Still win. Might. So that's good. She wins, so. but so they have to decide well, on both. Well, that, that's losing. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. I get what you're saying. Um, but what about uh, her counter suit? Is yeah, that a separate? I think it's totally is, dead in the water. I mean, yes, the jury, the same jury will decide the counter suit as well. The same jury will have to decide whether or not that particular event did or did not occur. So there'll be two judgments or whatever. Yeah, whatever there'll, be two, the there'll be two verdict sheets. Two there'll verdicts. Be two verdict sheets. There'll be one for Johnny Depp and one for Amber Heard. Got it. And it's like, yeah. I mean, and also, I guess, hyper-technically, it's possible for them to both win. It'd be slightly strange for the jury to say, yeah, on the one hand, this incident occurred, but it's also not domestic abuse. But given, again, what we talked about, what does or does not comprise domestic abuse, I guess there is a technically a way for them to both both win. That would that be seems interesting. seems unlikely. Yeah, it seems yeah. very unlikely, but possible. Them both losing is much more possible. It's like, we sure. don't believe either one. That's definitely a possibility. This was just a toxic relationship and y'all both yeah. had problems. That's the, it's know. definitely a possibility they both lose. Um, and they do the awarding of the monetary damages Yeah, they do the too, awarding right? of the monetary damages as well. Now, can they go past, well, what does that mean? So like, you know, Johnny Depp's, is, his number is 50 and Amber Heard's is 100. Mm -hmm. Does that mean the jury has to play around in that sandbox or can they be like, you know what? Here's whatever. I don't know. I'd what, have to go it? back and read the original pleadings because it depends on how they wrote it. If they said, I want $50 uh, million, then they're limited to that. If they said, I want at least $50 million, then the jury can play more. So I'm imagining the lawsuit was the latter. So the jury can probably award any amount that would be reasonable. The, the judge can come in, and this would be one of the ways that they, they can inter interfere, if you like to call it that. And they can say, well, this award is too much. You too know, much, if they yeah. award like some ridiculous number, like I don't know what that would necessarily be, but like oh, I'm going to work 250 million dollars. Judges like, yeah, not so much. No, yeah, that is yeah. not sustainable as a matter of law. I'm going to reduce it to X. Sure. So they can do. That's one of the ways the judges has influence on the system. Also, the converse is technically true, although it's much more uncommon. But it is technically possible, although much more uncommon. The jury, now the jury awards so little that, that the judge says, "Well, the judge, more. I don't think the judge can award an increase, but they can order a new trial." Oh, so, wow. I, yeah. Yeah. They can order a new trial. Like this amount is so manifestly unjust. Wow. That it is not sustainable. And I w would award a new trial. Wow. I don't think okay. they can just artificially increase it, though. They can artificially decrease it. Got it. Got it. And so, yeah. so th this can all be appealed, too, right? So yes. no matter and what decision and the comes out. The judge will have to artificially decrease it because in Virginia, the punitive damages are limited $350,000. So assuming the jury finds punitive damages, there is no way on this earth. They are going to be at or below $350,000. So they're probably award like $10 million. And the judge will have to be like, no, how about $350,000? So I know oh for gosh. pretty much an absolute certainty that they're going to have to award. Yes, they can appeal. You can appeal anything. The problem, of course, is now you have to find a legal error because sure. that's what appellate courts are for, not about the facts. And the uh, an appellate court assumes, oh. the appellate court will assume every fact that conforms to the verdict. Because it's up to the jury to determine what they do or do not believe, right? So they don't necessarily have to believe everything to come out with a win. But the Court of Appeals is going to assume they did. The Court of Appeals is going to assume every single fact that breaks in that favor, the jury found. And every single fact that broke the other way, the jury did not find, right? So they're, that's what they're going to assume. So now you have to find some kind of legal error, you know? And good luck, because I haven't really found anything. Oh, you know, wow. abuse of discretion, clear error by the judge. I haven't seen anything that even gets close. 
what's the bar like? Does it have to be something like yes, super it has to be big? Right? Okay. This okay. is this is like where where me as a court of appeals, as a hypothetical court of appeals judge. Like I might disagree with the judge's interpretation sure. on it, as I said, right? But me as hypothetical court judge, I can't say it's clear error. It was so manifestly wrong that no reasonable judge could do that. I can't reach that decision as a court of appeals judge. There's no way on this earth I can't do that. So if I'm court, I'm if I'm trial, if I'm instead court of appeals judge, I say, geez, if I was trial judge, I would have done something else. But I'm not trial judge, so what the judge did was fine, no problem, yeah. right? I have to yeah. do that. That's the law, and that's how I think. And so, like, I don't think I haven't seen anything that comes close. The judge gets so such a wide amount of discretion, even in terms of testimony that can be offered, even up to and excluding excluding witnesses or excluding portions of testimony and not allowing people to testify about stuff. Judges get a lot of flexibility in what goes on in their courtroom. So you have to go pretty far to upset the court appeal. So uh, I'm sure they will try to appeal. Again, if Amber Heard loses, there's this hyper-technical argument, but I, and I don't know what the court of appeals will do because at that point that's law and that's where I love to live. So it's like, well, they couldn't have found this because hyper-technically blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. Even as court of appeals judge, I'm like, well, it's up to the jury to determine the weight of the evidence. And no, because they couldn't step in. I have to, because again, I have to assume the jury found every fact that breaks in your favor or breaks against you. So if Amber Heard loses, I have to assume every fact broke against you. So it's not like, oh, I testified the jury could have believed that. I'm like, yeah, they could have. They obviously didn't. I know they didn't because they decided for Johnny that they must not have been. They must not have believed you, right? Because that's the way the verdict read. And so, like the only the only other thing that's left as a possibility is like this idea of manifest weight of the evidence. And again, it has to be so lopsided. It would have to be okay. The overwhelming weight of the evidence breaks the other way. It has to be a lot, because again, the jury, the the, the court of appeals is going to give the member for every presumption. So it's like yeah. in order for you to believe this, you would have to like, you know, do this, and that's just not reasonable. So I, I don't see any grounds of appeal. I just don't see them right now. I'm sure she will appeal. She's going to lose, in my opinion. And I'm sure she'll say something like it's the patriarchy and it all proves, it just proves how far women have yet to come, that survivors sure. aren't believed, yeah. that even with all the effort that we've had today, survivors aren't believed. I told my story and they didn't believe me. And it's it's the patriarchy and blah, 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 blah. Amber Heard is not capable in my view, of admitting wrongdoing. We already heard that from Dr. Curry. So it's not just my opinion. It's Dr. Curry's also opinion. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't I don't know the degree to which anyone is going to buy that. I, one of the things I do think about also sometimes is like if the genders were reversed. Because if you flip the genders, like what does what, does, what do people think? Sure. And I've even had to have myself checked on that to some degree. Because as much as I'm giving Amber Heard all these breaks, right, in terms of her testimony, if it was the other way around, you know, if everything was the other way around, would I be giving Johnny Depp all these breaks? No, I wouldn't. And so that says something about me and perhaps other people in terms of how we assess these things. We still assume that the 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 the, the abuser is male and the abusee is female. And you Correct. see textbooks written that way. Correct. And so it, even even me, Mr. Analytical, have had my mind influenced by these cultural zeitgeists. And uh, I find that whole fact very fascinating. It's like if the genders, if the genders were reversed, and it's Johnny Depp saying, you know, she cut off her own finger, 
you know, she cut off her own finger. It's like, who who's believing this? Nobody, right? Yeah. So that's true. I I don't know. I'm not sure what it says about anything, but yeah. Didn't the um, even the I don't know what she is a psychologist for Amber yeah. Heard's side. She was completely gender biased as well. She kept saying she sure was right. She never once mentioned like that a man could be a victim, no. and her excuse was, "Well, I'm here because a female is a victim." It's like whoa, whoa, but no, you no, gave no. definitions of these things and only yeah. implied that it was right females are the victim and males are the perpetrators it was even slightly worse than that because she also testified that she has ruled against a woman but the only time she talked about it was in a woman on woman relationship yes yes right? i saw that yeah and so they didn't they didn't ask the question and maybe it's because they knew the answer you don't maybe the answer was yes and so you don't ask that question you let the jury wondering about it but they didn't ask the question hey have you ever testified in a case where the man is a victim and the woman is the abuser? Have you even ever been deposed in such a case and in a deposition said that you think the woman was the abuser in such a case? Maybe the answer to that question is yes. If the answer to that question is yes, as Johnny Depp's team, you don't ask that question. Yeah, because it ruins what you're the narrative. Oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. want them to think she, you want them to think she's a biased chill. Correct. So it's a good example of questions not to ask. Yes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, she just didn't seem believable. It was like, well, well, do you think men could be victims? Yeah, yeah. Okay, but why you just literally talked for 30 minutes and didn't one time yeah. mention anything like that. Um, I think as a juror, you see through these things as a juror. I really I, think I, I would hope. Did. I also particularly like the part where she's like, I'm not a professional witness. And then yeah. I learned she's, she's literally held courses <laughs> teaching people. How to be professional witnesses. Exactly. Yes. Yes. She's been yes. on the stand like 50 times. <laughs> Lady, yeah. you're a professional witness. You're a professional witness. Yes. I think, and, and, you know, again, it comes off as not like endearing, right? So it, not genuine. So as a juror, you're like, just own up to it. Just say you're a professional witness, but that doesn't mean you can't be honest. That's the yeah. argument you should make as a, as the witness, right? Is the, yeah. So what? I'm a professional witness. What what's your job? You're a lawyer. What what are we talking about here? Exactly. Okay. Right. I'm a professional. You're a professional. Yeah. Everyone in this conversation is a professional. The judge is a professional. Everyone yeah. in this conversation is a professional. Yeah. We're all professionals here. Um, what's the problem? That doesn't mean I can't be honest, right? Right. Um, yeah. So yes. Um, but again, when she tries to back around it, um, I don't know. I just didn't like. And I know, gosh, I feel like everyone's ju jumping on a bandwagon or jumping on these people, but it mm -hmm. seems like they do it to themselves in a lot of ways, you know? That's just like, they just come off as not genuine. That's what I look for, genuineness, okay? Do I feel any sort of deception coming off of this person? Um, and I know it's hard to judge, but, you know, it's what we do. We we only have the court of public opinion, which is, you know, something else, I, you know, we'll kind of end on, on this aspect of it, like... Um, you know, I know Johnny Depp is suing Amber Heard in a court, mm -hmm. right? For civil law for, mm -hmm. for defamation. But the truth is, I think in a lot of ways, he wants this in the court of public opinion, right? Mm -hmm. So that it can change the, because that's really what's going to get him jobs. Mm -hmm. not, not this decision in this case. The court of public opinion and how that changes on social media for Johnny Depp is how he will get jobs, right? When they Google search, right? With that one guy that came up with analytics, that's what they're looking for. They're looking, mm -hmm. where is Johnny Depp's value meter, Rad, in society right now? And how are people viewing him as good or evil, right? Like these things. And 
this is not looking good for Amber Heard in any I, way. Yeah. I, I think I think you're very right about the public opinion and also the much more narrow public opinion of the people in Hollywood, which is also yes. a specific audience. Yes, exactly. I think without the cameras in the courtroom, even a win from Johnny Depp doesn't necessarily change their people's minds because I agree. they can't see everything. It's yeah. only because people can see things and because the public can react to those things yeah. that these people would begin to even contemplate changing their minds. And and then they also have the cover of the verdict to show why they're doing it. So they don't have to, you know, lose face by saying, geez, weren't we completely wrong? It's like, well, the jury has spoken. So I don't have to admit what an incompetent I am and just like rely on the fact that jury spoke. And I might disagree with it, but I'm choosing to honor it, right? There's, there's a face-saving move in there somewhere. But I, I think you're completely right. And I think even if Johnny Depp loses the case for these technical reasons we've talked about, whether at trial or on appeal, I, I think that his public reputation has been seriously rehabilitated and also makes you wonder what the hell the judge in the uk was doing <laughs> because <laughs> because winning a defamation case in the uk is much harder than winning a defamation case or my apologies much easier it's much easier to win a case in the uk it's much easier to win but giant Depp didn't win and even though it's easier so there's something very strange about him losing in the uk and winning in the us when it's harder to win the U.S. on the same cause of action, but that is okay. interesting. That's where yeah. we are. That is interesting. I, I mean, it's probably why they wanted the camera. Like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah it sure. does it right again. It's like it doesn't matter. Um, all the other parts. Um, you know, for him, it's yeah, it's the court of public opinion, and at this point, he's winning unless something just dramatically was presented yeah. that changed that narrative. At this point, yeah. he's right. He's he's winning in that. In that sense, what, what, how do they get the money? Like, let's say they award them the money. Like, so that's another battle, right? That just is another battle on its own to then yeah. get that money, right? Yeah, it, it's, it's a sad fact the vast majority of judgments are never actually executed. Uh, there's a lot of laws that protect people, especially in like Florida, incidentally. And it's like, if you're, if you have a judgment against you, Florida's a great place to live because it's hard to execute that judgment. Um, but yeah, I mean, Amber Heard doesn't have the money. Uh, she can try to claim bankruptcy uh, because it is compensation, not punitive. It would it would be a potential avenue. I, I don't know the degree. It would it would also help Johnny Depp to the extent he has any debts debts to pay to her still from anything. I think. Uh, oh, I I'm see. not sure he has any debts to pay to her. But if he did, uh, well, I guess he does from the UK judgment. I'm not sure if that judgment's actually been executed or not in terms of it being satisfied. Um, but it would cancel those debts. And how do you get it otherwise? Yeah, you have to have a whole fight over that, right? The way you're supposed to do this is by getting writs of attachment. Um, so you you when you're done, you're like, well, here are where the assets are. This is one of the things also you do in discovery is find out where the assets are in terms of bank accounts or wherever, right? So it's like, oh, I have the bank account numbers where the assets are. So one of the ways you do this is by getting a writ of attachment. You go to the court and be like, okay, here are the bank accounts. I want an order that says this judgment attaches to those assets. In so many words, those assets are now mine. And so now I go to the bank and be like, I'd like to withdraw those monies, please. And they'll be like, okay, because, you know, it's now your monies. Um, also, uh, one of my wow. other things that I think about sometimes is it, it's possible to uh, get God, attached to, pe to per people's personal effects. Um, and uh, technically speaking, I, I can blankly, where are your homes located? And like, I can get writs of attachment to her home and be like, I'm going to go into your home. And I'm going to take all your stuff. That's my stuff now. Oh my and I'm going God. to sell that stuff for money. 
you know, and so that's another way you wow. can go. But actually doing that in the real world is more difficult than uh, the description I just gave. But it, okay, I see what you're saying. So it's an option, but actually executing that option is yeah. is yeah. is harder than okay than yeah. just yeah. Not yeah. to mention for the least of reasons that bankruptcy <laughs> proceedings by law freeze everything else. So it's it's a common way to like stall at a bare minimum. Got it. So because the it. way the federal law is written, bankruptcy proceedings, even the moment it's filed, freezes everything else. It overcomes all of their judgments. Oh it, wow! It's, it's a it's a it's an interesting. Uh, legal aspect our congress chose to write into the law so yeah <laughs> so this could go this is essentially going to go on for years it yeah. could very well yeah with the whole that part of it anyway yeah he may not be able to get any money in the end yeah yeah if she ever works again you could also try garnishing her wages that's hilarious i want 15 percent of the money that you're going to get from this movie deal yeah yeah i'm aquaman 3 that's that's my money now yeah um that's interesting. Um, again, I, I personally don't think he cares so much about the money. Yeah. I really think it's just about because he just hearing his testimony, he was very much like just very concerned with what people thought of him and how right his 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 view, right, how he's viewed in the world. And he just didn't want that reputation. I think it's all about reputation for him and how he's viewed. And he in his mind doesn't see himself as this quote-unquote monster that's been described and he wants to change that now just to be fair to, to to everything here i will say that there's definitely just a toxic relationship i see i don't just see like oh johnny depp's just this victim walking around not doing anything no i think the dude's probably done some stuff and said some things he he regrets but it just didn't get to the point that amber heard has said it got to mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i think they both had arguments back and forth that were like you know i'll get you or this or that or whatever and now they're both trying to do that and amber heard's literally sitting right in front of johnny depp telling these stories mm -hmm. she doesn't seem intimidated at all she doesn't seem she's like ready to do it in front of him like in front of the stage of him mm -hmm. like i'm gonna say these you know egregious things about you that i know aren't true but I'm gonna. I'm not sure you know, she knows that they're way. true or not. I I don't know whether or not she knows that they're true or not. I you know, that's what I get from her. But Again, these said, are just I, speculation. I, said, of course, I think the malice element is a legal given because she was there, so she would have every reason to know it didn't happen. Her self delusion sure. is not enough to overcome that issue to me. So whether whether or not she believes what she's saying, I don't know. People can convince themselves of a lot. You know, one of the one of the old the ideas is that con men can con themselves. They can believe sure. their own lies. Sure. And those uh, are the worst kind. Yeah. So those are the worst kind. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, no, that's I, not, then it's not a lie because you believe it. Right. So uh, like, yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. Uh, well, then that becomes what is, you know, what is truth in the end uh, anyway. But yeah, I mean, just that aspect, again, just speculation on my part. Well, just what I, 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 guess was, I was using a more technical sense of the word lie because for some, it would be false, but not a lie. Right. For something to be a lie, you have to make a knowing false statement. I was, Correct. I was being very technical. I see what you're saying. Yes, yes, you're right. You're right. See, you're well, you're smarter than me. Kurt. No problem. No <laughs> I problem. do what I can. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, Kurt, man, this has been just so amazing, man. Um, I got to say, um, just thank you for all the insight here and um, catching us up on the case. What's going on? What could come next? Um, you know, what what are any final thoughts that you you know you want to say? I don't want to. No, I would just encourage hanging. people to check out uh, the channel Legal Bites. She's been doing great coverage. That's the channel yes. I've been peering on the most. 
Um, Alita is the person who's been running that channel. She's been doing fantastic work. Um, she has lots of people visiting, and I think you really should check out her channel. Uh, so the channel, again, is called Legal Bites, and she's doing wall-to-wall -wall coverage of it. And starting on this Monday, I'll be doing an after show for a couple hours. So then her channel will lead into mine where we'll do a more uh, slightly more irreverent catch up and perhaps with like a little it. bit of uh, uh, drinking, a little bit of fun and a little bit more frivolity uh, I like as it. I like to do. So uh, I, I would check out the channel Legal Bites for the coverage and don't forget to check out my own channel on civil law. Please subscribe. I would really appreciate it. Help me grow. So that's why I've been closing. Absolutely, man. Of course. Yes. I, I will put links in the description uh, to all that. And that's, uh, you know, that's actually how I, I found you too, was watching the Legal Bite stream, which is, which has been amazing. Um, she's been crushing it. Um, all the she people that have, it. all the people that have been on there, you know, someone who does a lot of content themselves, like watching how much content she's producing and putting up on YouTube. My, when are you sleeping, girl? When are you when, doing when are you sleeping? Yeah. I'm when are you eating? Now. When are you having a life? Right. And she looks like, she's awake half the time on the thing she which surprises so me too she's, she's yeah. so chipper and has so much energy all the time so I'm like, how are you doing this yes I i'm agree. with you man how are you I doing agree. this yes it's a but, lot yeah, she is she's a trooper so yeah. you guys all okay. are look y'all are all putting in long hours on these streams i don't think people understand how hard that is uh to put in those yeah it really is a lot of work um so yeah shout out um to everyone on there uh, for sure hoglaw like that guy too um he does a great job love I, honestly everybody's commentary that adds i i appreciate where where they all come mm -hmm. from um to be honest with you um so man kurt this again this has been just so awesome dude um really really appreciate maybe um when the case is finished maybe if you're interested we have you back on and sort of go over the overall uh case and how it ended and you know maybe there'll be some bombshell uh, that, yeah, that there's always possibilities, right? <laughs> but you know, the Matlock, the Matlock moments in the real world are very few and far between. Yeah, so I wouldn't bank on it. <laughs> I agree uh, with that. That would be kind of funny. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, you know how it goes. I'm definitely interested uh, to see y'all streams coming up on Monday. This episode will actually uh, be released on Monday um, too, and everyone can follow along with the trial, um, which I guess will last a couple more weeks. Three maybe? more weeks, man. Three more weeks. Okay, three, three more, more weeks. weeks. Oof. Wow. I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm getting a little, um, what, what's the term? Like fatigued. Yes. Fatigued on it. Um, watching too much. I'm just like, you know, I'm done. I'm, I can't watch any more than this. I can't. I'm, I I'm flipping. I'm flipping. But so I'm saving it right for Monday. I'm, I'm saving it. I'm not going to watch anything over the weekend so I can just, uh, uh start fresh. So Fair. again, Kurt, thank you so much, man, for taking the time. My best of luck. Um, to you and everything you got going, we'll be watching and um, commenting and um, appreciating everything you're doing. So thank you so right. much. Well, thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Remember, Lone Star Plate is sponsored by Texas Real Food. Go to texasrealfood.com for all the best, you know, farmers markets, butchers, uh, restaurants, anything serving artisanal, fresh, organic food. Um you can find them on the site. You just enter your zip code and it'll just bring up all these awesome places that uh, around you that you can go to and find. It's really an amazing site. Plus there's all these other resources, right? Articles, recipes, um, maps. Um, yeah, all kinds of different things uh, to help you better understand food in Texas, the history. Honestly, it's an amazing site, texasrealfood.com. Go there today, enter your zip code and find some place today that you can support a local business. Go right now. Do it. All right. 
So again, hope you enjoyed this interview with Kurt Mueller. Thank you so much for watching. This is our outro with Bob Schneider as well. Uh, and again, I won't be saying that every podcast, but this is the first episode we're using uh, with our new intro and outro. So I'm excited. So Bob Schneider giving us the outro. Thank you again so much uh, for watching the Lone Star Plate and for supporting us. As always, stay Lone Star. See you next time. You've been listening to the Lone Star Plate podcast with your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. For more info, go to lonestarplate.show.